Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> if you're new to the other stories, then I want to take a moment to let you know about our other shows. If you're a writer or a creative of any level, then you may want to check out the Great Writer Share podcast, a show full of interviews of writers of all levels getting insights into the tips, tricks, and production habits of writers in every level of the biz. That is the Great Writers Share podcast. And if you're a horror movie fan and you want to listen to two bearded film fans flippantly talk about and review the best and worst horror movies of all time, check out Horror Hangout, where myself and Ben Arrington rate and review horror movies and have a right of laugh. That's Horror Hangout. If you're looking for more scary stories, check out Miscreation, a horror audio drama podcast bringing you scary stories performed by a band of actors at the ACAST studio in London. Season 1 of Miscreation is available right now. Or if you're an oddball and you want to listen to some really weird stories that might break your brain, check out Tales of What, a bizarro fiction podcast. Also, not one of our own shows, but produced by a TOS regular, Jasmine Arch. Check out The Misterhood of the Travelling Tales. If you're looking for mythical creatures across the world, from the fantastic and wonderful down to the dark and deadly, The Misterhood of the Travelling Tales is a podcast you don't want to miss. In Season 1, The Misters explore all that is dragon. You can tag along with the journeys there at mrhood.com or check out all of Hawk and Cleaver's podcasts over at hawkandcleaver.com forward slash podcasts. Check them out today. Today's episode is Expedited, written by Dan Howarth and narrated by Josh Curran. 
You can't tell what's in the boxes you deliver. Sometimes they say fragile, sometimes they're marked heavy or this way up. Those are instructions, not descriptions. All the good stuff isn't marked up anyway. It's not like you can give a wink to some 50-year-old housewife as you drop off her Ann Summers delivery. Everything's in a black bag or a brown box, and it's all guesswork. A long, thin box. Could be a dildo. Could be cooking utensils. A small black bag containing clothing. Could be a negligee. Could be incontinence pants. But every now and then, on the down low, it's fun to nick one and see what you get. Not a big one, obviously, but something small. Something that you can put down to being lost or broken. Just one small thing. Something to satisfy your curiosity. Sometimes it's a winner. New Nintendo Switch. Sometimes it stinks. A Princess Diana memorial dinner plate. It's all a gamble. You never know. Terraced houses crowd the streets as I accelerate away from them. Doors that open straight out onto streets filled with dog shit and litter. Streets with broken pavements and missing curbs, cars jammed in together. I accelerate past it all, foot down, blinkers on. Nothing good ever gets delivered here anyway. Just tacky shit that people can't afford. Eyelash extensions and gallons of fake tan. Knock-off football shirts and Lacoste tracky bottoms. The houses start to thin out as I reach the suburbs, bigger, greener spaces between the houses, driveways and lawns like bowling greens, trees and football goals in the front gardens, houses set back from the road, socially distancing themselves from the great unwashed, gates and fences to protect high-end vehicles. Premium real estate usually means premium merchandise. Rich people filling their time and the gaps in their lives with their designer labels and smart gadgets, buying their way out of the emptiness that consumes us all, that split-second thrill of clicking buy, the buzz of imagining how that product will change their life. And then it arrives. Henry Street. Houses the size of your average Ikea store. I park up. Two wheels on the curb. There's enough space here, no need to reverse park. I snatch up the package from the back of the van. It's the size of a shoebox, pitch black cardboard, embossed gold writing on the side that simply says, Exclusive. A name and address stamped on the top. Miss Alexandra Jones. Up the driveway, past the Porsche, and the Range Rover, careful not to touch them, the alarms are sensitive on those things. The doorbell plays green sleeves, and I wonder how the fuck these people live with this tune every day of their lives. The door opens in a whirl of blonde hair and tanned skin. I'm greeted by the whitest teeth I've ever seen. Her smile is like a camera flash. Hi, she says, down her nose. Package for Miss Jones? She sees it in my hands, and her eyes widen. The rest of her face is motionless, frozen by Botox. Then, 
She clasps her hands together over and over like a seal begging for a fish. A noise escapes her, something between a laugh and a squeal. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Her hands shoot out and she grabs it from me. She's gone before I can even respond, the door shut with a shake of a hip. I wander down the driveway, let myself out of the gate, and get back in the van. Everything about her makes me feel sick. The fake hair and teeth, and God only knows what else. That look in her eyes as she snatched up the package. Grim. Round the corner, another drop. Another house the size of a supermarket. I scramble round in the van to find the right package. They've all tipped over and they've mingled with my own things. They're wrapped up in my sleeping bag and my dirty clothes, rolling around with my gas cooker, bottled water and pot noodles. Finally, I find it. Another black box, same as before. Same writing on the side. Mr. Henry Carver on the label. Another selection of cars on the drive. All three of them worth more than the average house. Another doorbell, mercifully sparing me from green sleeves. The door opens. A man, no older than me, crisp Oxford shirt, chinos. Hair swept back in a wave of attention to detail and hair gel. Yes? Package for Mr. Carver? He sees it in my hands, the black box. His face changes, no longer placid and handsome. There's something in his eyes now, a hunger. His eyes meet mine, and I flinch as he reaches out to take his package. He snatches it from me, retreating back behind his door and slamming it shut. I hear his footsteps disappearing away over the tiled surface. Back at the depot. Back to reality. Twenty of us on shift, all of us crammed into the break room. Shitty plastic chairs designed to bend your spine the wrong way. Poles on one side, English on the other. Just three of us, loads of them. They look over, look us up and down. Me, a six foot two streak of piss. And Mark and Tommy, two foot five, nothing, tubs of lard. Hardly an advert for Great Britain, is it? Voices low over the clatter of cups and plates. Voices low under the buzz of foreign languages we can't understand. You nab much this week? Mark asks. No, I say. Took two. One was a fucking TV remote control. One was some Lego. I just sealed them up and smashed the boxes up a bit. Told people they came like that. <sighs> If it ain't worth over a hundred quid, I'm not touching it, Tommy says. You've seen any of these black boxes doing the rounds? Exclusive, written down the side, I ask. Light as fuck, but they're only going up to the big houses in Higgum. Must be something to it. They both shake their heads. Uh, let me know if you do. They look expensive. I'm having one. Oh, don't be a prick, Mark says. They always complain if the expensive stuff goes. I'll be fine. I'll see what's in it. Fit shit just put it back, say it got broken on the way to us. They look at each other, shaking their heads. Joe, you live in your fucking van, mate. What do you think they could have that'll help you? Tommy says. Dunno, wherever it is, it's expensive. Gotta be done. 
I neck the rest of my cold tea and get out of there. I wake and see my breath hang in the air, steaming up inside of the van. Only my face is exposed and it aches in the cold. Beneath the sleeping bag and blankets, my limbs are hard as iron, my back alive with fire. Brush my teeth, spray some deodorant, up and at them. Alan's dishing out the roots, guys queuing in their vans, cold hands cupped round Costa coffee cups and flasks, hats and scarves and gloves. My turn. You okay up in Higgum again, Joe? Bit out of the way for you? No danger. In the depot, picking out the parcels, seven black shoeboxes. Exclusive, shining in the morning light. Uh, what's in these, Al? Not a fucking clue, lad. Do I look like I'm exclusive? I look at his faded jeans and coat that's about a decade old. He looks at my tracky bottoms and tangled beard. He laughs, and so do I. We carry on loading. Henry Street again. Second time in a week. Two packages this time. Miss Alexandra Jones. Mr. Kevin Anderson. Up the garden path. Two boxes clutched in my hands. Past the gleaming cars on the driveway. I see my reflection in the burnished black paintwork. Ragged and bent. Fucking green sleeves plays as I ring the doorbell. Clattering footsteps, a muffled shout. He opens the door. Mr. Anderson, tall and thin, cheekbones hanging his face out to dry, dry lips. He sees the boxes in my hands, reaches out, and then stops himself. Is that them? Her voice from down the hall. Her face appears, and I nearly drop the boxes. Her blonde hair hangs like wool round her shoulders. Her skin tinged yellow. Her teeth look too big for her mouth. Not white at all. Wrinkles cover her forehead and cheeks. She strides past her partner. She stumbles along, her limbs all angular. Long fingers snatch the packages from my hands. She twists and slams the door. I'm alone with the wind and the grass and the cars in the driveway. Just silence and cold. And then I hear the grunts from behind the door. Back again at Henry Carver's place. His aircraft hangar home. Glimmering mirages of cars on the driveway as I snake past them and up the path to the front door. I ring the bell. No answer. I ring again. Box in my hands. Weightless. Light glimmering along its embossed lettering. The door opens slowly. Nobody there. Until I look down. Henry Carver is on the floor. Hair ruffled and ragged. Same clothes as before, but hanging off his bones. His tongue lolls as he speaks. Please. Fingers clawing towards me. Towards the black package I'm clutching so tightly. I place it down by him, almost falling as I move backwards away from him. He wheezes, mutters to himself, and only himself. Then the door slams shut, blocking my view. I stand there, numb, not grasping what's happened to these people. Head down, I step onto the lawn, 
grass wet with dew and squelching beneath my feet. A cry from the house. I turn, sweat tingling my hairline beneath my hat. In the frosted glass of the hallway, I see him. Carver, on his feet, face pressed up against the glass as he judders and shakes. My hands in my pockets, fumbling for my phone, struggling to dial 999. And then he stops shaking. I run to the door, pounding on the glass, shouting questions, asking if he's okay over and over until the door opens and I fall silent. He's perfect again. Clothes fitted and full of his body and his muscle. He smiles at me. Is there a problem, chap? I shake my head. He smiles, perfect smile. Straight teeth and wide eyes. The door closes. Back to my van, I drive through the town, not paying attention, hitting the accelerator hard until I'm in the country, away from everyone and everything. I pull up by a gate to a field, mud and cow shit strong in the air. I climb into the back of the van, leave the door ajar. I scrabble through the boxes until I find a black shoebox. It's too dark to see the embossed lettering, but I feel it beneath my fingertips. My heart hammers my ribs, battering away as I fumble with the label and the tape until it's free. I take a breath and open the box. The van door swings shut in the breeze and plunges me into darkness. I scream. Tommy and Mark don't bother to hide their surprise when they see me. Nobody does. I look incredible. I feel even better. No backache. No chill from a night in the van. Nothing. I swan round the depot like Brad Pitt. Like a modern day fucking god. I see Alan. He stammers all over his words as we talk about the day's shifts his eyes never leaving my face. I smile throughout it. He passes me the parcels for the day, and I lick my lips, eager for another black shoebox. Instead, it's brown Amazon parcels and black bags of clothes. Same route as usual? I ask. Yep, all the fancy houses, just like all week. No worries. By the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Sweat pouring off me. I clamber into the van after my last delivery and look in the rearview mirror. Look into the ancient eyes lined with bags. Look at the hair tinted grey, hollowed and scooped out. As soon as I find a lay-by, I pull in and sleep in the van. Sleep right through from mid-afternoon to the next morning. Sleep until it's time for work. When Alan sees me, he stammers over his words, his eyes never leaving my face. I smile the same smile, knowing how it will make me look, knowing how it will make him feel to see the skin hanging from my bones, how he will feel to see the raw gums and the loose teeth. Same route as usual, I ask. If you can manage it, I nod, sparing my breath. There are no black shoeboxes today. 
there will be no black boxes tomorrow. The day after that, there will be no deliveries at all. I park my van in a bus lay-by round the corner, clamber into the back and shut the double doors. I lie in the darkness and listen to my breathing, waiting for it all to stop. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Expedited was written by Dan Howarth, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Duncan Muggerson, with music by Chris Zabriskie, Mayu, and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Dan Howarth is a writer from the north of England. His fiction has featured in a variety of places online and in print. He once got nominated for a British Fantasy Award, but didn't win. This has basically wrecked his whole bio. His most recent release is Dulce et Decorum Est from Domain Publishing. You can connect with him at www.danhowarthwriter.com. Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He has narrated many episodes of The Other Stories over the show's lifetime. He is also the creator of the horror audio drama podcast, Miscreation. You can follow him on Twitter at, at jcurranwriter. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about podcasts over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So... Until next time.